following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Benefit of the Dowd podcast, the Doubting Thomas edition. We are talking about May of 2022. Can you believe it is June already? That is crazy. And to answer that somewhat rhetorical question, is Dr. Bluetooth himself, Cliff Thomas? I forgot about the Dr. Bluetooth thing. How you doing, Cliff? (laughs) It's also my Twitter handle. Well, not my Twitter handle. It's my name. Right, right. How did That's, how did that happen? I don't even remember. I now. don't remember. <laughs> it, it's just there now. I think it was just. I think it was a Slack thing, and I. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. I. You, you know what? You I think it. that's. I think that's actually what it was. I think it was a. Uh, 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 if it wasn't a uh, a misspelling, thanks to a software keyboard, it was something like that. Like it was something where it just came in and i i think i said something to the effect of oh i'm gonna be dr bluetooth <laughs> that just happened which by the way sounds like a rejected name for a james bond movie I'm i think saying. my problem was i connected dr bluetooth first and you said who or what is that and i said connected to bluetooth and hilarity ensued okay so now that we've explained that joke into stupid into it being stupid again. I guess you have to change your name, but no, actually, no, keep it because Doctor Bluetooth is just awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so a couple of things, a little of a uh, little house cleaning uh, keeping that we can talk about. Um, sure. First of all, the video, the YouTube video for last week, which was the top story where Cliff and I discussed the phone market, is hasn't gone up yet because of technical issues, and I'm an idiot. Um, I talked about it on the intro to the podcast, so if you missed that, I, basically I just screwed up. Um, so I, it, there is something coming. I got to get it up, um, hopefully later today, but it's a complicated process. So I, I did enjoy. Uh your intro to last week's podcast where you talked Oh, did about you? Did you? Speaking, speaking very softly yeah, into the yeah. mic and not yelling. And I never thought that was an issue, but maybe and then, someone does. Well, then I intentionally went went hello! back to yelling for the, hello and welcome. So, yeah. Um, I don't, I honestly, I was in a weird place when I wrote that. So I just figured I could I'd tell. run with it. I just figured I would run with it. But anyway, uh, so another piece of business. This is the last Doubting Thomas before season three will end. Uh, see, The show will be going on hiatus from June 15th until July 17th. And it will begin, it, the hiatus will begin and end with a uh, Beyond a Doubt. Uh, the the upcoming Beyond a Doubt is going to be with Mr. Juan Bagnell, mm. and the uh, the July Beyond a Doubt is still being negotiated. But I have a, I think I have a pretty good guess lined up. It's going to be fun. So there will not be a Doubting Thomas for June because there's only going to be a couple of stories. There will not be one for July because there's also only going to be a couple of stories. But there will be one for June July. Which will be like, you know, which will come out in August, which we'll talk about the first two weeks of June and the last two weeks of July. Get ready for a four-hour marathon doubting Thomas. No, that's not going to happen at all. Uh, (laughs) But... Uh, and then coming back from season th- uh, from into season four, we've got some uh, we've got some good stuff lined up. So I think it's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a good time, and a good time will be had by all. Um, so that's really uh, that does it for the housekeeping portion of the show. So we can just uh, start talking about the month that was, shall we? Unless you had any other announcements that you wanted to make, I don't think you. I am Doctor Bluetooth. You are Dr. Bluetooth. Welcome welcome to the show, Dr. Bluetooth. So, um, we started off May by talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter, and the discourse on that has actually pretty drastically reduced since we talked about it. Like, I think it's still happening, but it's just, 
I guess people are not freaking out about it anymore. So maybe this is a good time to actually talk about what's I mean, going on. I mean, the thing with anything to do with Elon Musk is he has so many things going on that mm-hmm. it's not to say that there shouldn't be discourse about it, but he's been super active on Twitter. Yes, I actually refollowed him on Twitter recently just so I could see all of the fun things that he's saying. And it's very political now, which I don't remember him being so much before. And he's commented about things like the SEC and the federal government and in, in general and oil prices and just... Yeah, kind of seems of... like he's back to pre-lawyer Elon Musk, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It's uh, it's been. I don't want to say it's been fun because honestly, it's been annoying, and and I think I've had too much Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, and I commented on one of the episodes this month. I don't remember, but please, can I just have a week where I don't talk about Elon Musk and Twitter? Um, and this week, spoiler alert, is not that week. The Verge has its own. It's to the point where you know. They, I, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but the its own storyline. Well, so they used to have uh, a segment that would just come every once in a while into the Verge cast. <laughs> called, oh, okay. Uh, and I, oh, gosh, I, I could I wish I could remember. I don't listen enough to uh, the Verge cast to be so much up on it. But oh my gosh, they made me laugh because it was something to the effect of that they thought that they were going to have to create their own. Uh, Elon podcast because there's so much news and it was I think it was actually called oh it's a newsletter that's what it was they had a a this month in Elon and they said we're gonna have to convert it to a this week in Elon or this day in Elon because there's just so much news and they're like oh we're gonna have I think they said they had like four writers that were kind of dedicated to the this week in Elon news because there's just so much it's way too much for one person to cover so anyway it, mm. it made me laugh sorry to interrupt what you were about to say but it, no it it's fine laugh. speaking of elon musk though i don't know if you saw earlier today uh a, um, an email leaked out that elon sent to his executive team saying that working from home is no longer acceptable and executives are expected to spend a minimum and i mean minimum of 40 hours per week or depart tesla and when someone commented on that, um, Elon, uh, a lot of people are talking about this leaked email and the additional comment to people who think who are thinking about coming into work. Okay, sorry. Hey, Elon, a lot of people are talking about this leaked email and the additional comment to people who think coming into work is an antiquated concept. And he responded, they should pretend to work somewhere else. So apparently Elon Musk does not think very highly of remote working. So I guess it begs the question then, when you own three companies, how much time are you going to spend in your office? And I don't think it's going to be 40 hours a week at all three offices. I'm just saying, you're going to have to do some stuff remotely. Anyway. It was... um it was very aggressive, first of all, when I was, uh, hit, hit the email uh, that I read. Yes. I, I did understand where he was coming from um, in, in the one case he cited where he was talking about managing the – it was essentially like HR stuff. Yeah. From a different state. However, yeah. I think that's very much cherry-picked. Well, and, as an and, example and just in for, general. For him. Now, yeah. I, I, now I get it. You know, people should not everybody can work successfully remotely. I get that. I totally get that. In fact, I was one of them for like the thir- first three years that I was working remotely. I sucked working from home. But you know, that's something that has grown to be a skill of mine over. The, I would say the last. 18 to 20 months, give or take, that I've really started to, you know, settle in and really lean into working from home and actually being successful while working from home. So, I mean, that's not, it's not for everybody. I totally get that. But I think if we've learned anything over these last two years, it should be that there's a lot of jobs that can be done remotely and, you know, can very successfully be done remotely. So, I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, some folks will, you know, prefer to keep things the way they are. Some folks pretend, uh, prefer to move forward. So 
Elon is, you know, a futurist who for some reason thinks that the internet doesn't exist. So we'll just move on from that, I guess. <laughs> but um, anyway, no. So, uh, but getting back to Elon buying Twitter, um, again, I, I, I think there's a, a lot less discourse about it these days. And I think it really what it boils down to is I just don't care. And this isn't to say that I really did care to begin with. I, I know it seemed like we cared because we dedicated a whole show to it. But, I mean, really, whoever owns the platform, it doesn't matter. I'm going to use it or not use it as it makes my job better or worse. And that's really what it boils down to. I, I don't really care who owns it. I mean, I I care to a point, but it's, it's, it's not as if some... Hegemony of of autocratic leaders bought bought it from you know uh, from the previous I don't want to say ownership but from uh, right. from where it was and and they're and then they're turning it into something that is evil right. Uh, I, right I just I here my my thing is is still very much a wait and see um, mm-hmm. because we just don't know anything yet and and honestly the thing that I think is is, is very funny that's that's happened. Um, since I guess we recorded about it is just the amount of I don't want to say it's like Elon trying to back out of it oh but the amount of criticism that he has had for certain things and and it just that makes it seem like he's trying to back out of it and also just makes it seem like he's trying to generate controversy where there shouldn't be any and where there really isn't any and to pretend like he doesn't have a $1 billion buyout clause that he's right. trying to, you know, I, anyway, it's, it's just a bunch of silliness and, and I kind of just wish I could take a hot knife and cut through it like butter to see what's actually going on behind the scenes. I mean, we just, yeah. we just don't really know. I mean, it's all behind closed doors. And, you could be uh, a fly in that wall. That would be a fascinating would wall Would be interesting. On. But, I, I do right. wonder if Elon actually would like to back out of it. I honestly don't know. I can't imagine that he would after all the work he went into, uh, you know, getting to the place where he financially could could get to a place in terms of the bid that yeah. they would accept. I'm, I'm, yeah. trying, I'm gesturing with a hand that was off camera. A mm-hmm. bid <laughs> that they would accept, you know, got to. So I, I don't know. It just... I'm glad that I'm not having to think about it so much anymore because I'm I'm glad to be past it and I think that's kind of where you're at. I still think the 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 one tweet is still pretty funny though. How come Elon Musk has 44 billion dollars to buy Twitter but he doesn't have 44 billion dollars to pay taxes? It's <laughs> very true. It's a very good question. But we should probably move on to something that does not cost $44 billion. In fact, it costs decidedly less than $44 billion. It is the OnePlus Nord N20. And we had friend of the show, Miriam Juaron, to talk Mm. about the Nord N20. And if you haven't listened to the full interview yet, you need to because... Miriam Joar is just a an encyclopedia of knowledge about uh, not only OnePlus phones, but phones from overseas and OnePlus Nord phones in particular. So, like, a lot of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor was... And this is generally, like, when you listen to a full interview. A lot of what you're going to... is going to end up on the cutting room floor is stuff that dives into, like, really super specifics. I'll leave the general stuff in, like, oh, the camera's good. But I'll take out the specific stuff, like, oh, the camera's good. Like, like when I take a picture of my dog and it's running down the sidewalk or something like that. So, like, that's a very... Yeah, Harsh I'd say example, but <laughs> having having podcasted with Miriam before, I would say that what you took out based on the length of the interview probably could be clipped back together into its own podcast. Because as <laughs> you said, she is very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. especially about phones uh, that are overseas, and also the the budget, founda- the foundations of those phones. Oh yeah, uh, especially absolutely. when you have something like Xiaomi. Or or um, and in their various different um, sub brands or mm-hmm. BBK and all of their different brands and 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 the sort of the the, the parts that go into them that are shared and just I mean if you 
I, I will put a plug in for her podcast because I do listen to it and I do enjoy it. Uh, I believe it's the Mobile Tech Podcast. Yes, yeah, Mobile Tech Podcast. Mm -hmm. Very easy, uh, very well named because it's it's very easy to know. And if you don't listen to the podcast, you should because she has you know guests every week and they talk about the news of the week. You know, similar to what we do here, but you know, obviously much stretched, much more stressed out. And she actually talks about rumors, which I don't mm. do. Um, which is why, which is when I went on her podcast um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, when I went on her podcast, it was like all rumors that I'm like, this is not stuff I ever talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that was you, and then, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But I, I'm always interested when she has um, one of the 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 media people or media relations people from me, uh, media tech. On media tech, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because while that sounds like a PR thing, and they are technically like a PR person, they ended up always talking about. Especially with MediaTek, MediaTek has its hands in things besides mobile chipsets. They they do mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, and their related chipsets are also in Chromebooks specifically. And that's some mm -hmm. some uh, places where they're making some big strides, like the Companio series. And and so yeah. it's always very interesting to me when they have probably more so when she has. A media tech person on, I think. Um, obviously, they they should listen to that particular podcast because you were on there, um, right? If you're listening to this, <laughs> obviously, you this podcast hear. not brought to you by Media Tech, by the way, not at all. <laughs> but this is just I, whether or not you endorse Media Tech or not. It's just very interesting because they do that. Their media relations people really do get into. I don't want to call it the nitty gritty, but they really talk about some things that are interesting. Qualcomm so does too. Qualcomm gets they into do, it as they well. They do, but yeah. more. So, but they always feel a little uh, less technical as far as their their media yeah. relations people. Yeah, I to, agree. To me, and just right. listening to her podcast, so I, it's definitely. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but I, having heard media tech people on there before, it's definitely a good listen. I I, I have no doubt. So. Yeah, definitely. So the uh, the OnePlus Nord N twenty. The main reason I wanted to try it out was because I was fascinated to see what the Nord line was like, because I'd never used one before. Uh, it always kind of fell by the wayside for me because there were a number of different reasons. You know, OnePlus uh, has a lot of variants for the Nord, depending on regions, which always is kind of a turnoff for me. And um, most of which don't come to our shores. Yeah, most of which don't come to come to the U.S. And so just I wanted to I wanted to try out the Nord. That's why when OnePlus reached out, I said, yeah, that that can be uh, that could be me. Um, and I just, um, it was, it was, it was a, it was a very interesting experience. You know, it's so, the build is so nice on that thing. It's just, it's just very, very premium feeling, almost like, you know, kind of like how the TCL pro, uh, pros you used to, mm -hmm. used to do, uh, had that premium feeling despite being plastic. Same thing with the Nord, uh, the gigantic, <laughs> the gigantic cameras on the back, one of which is a what 64 megapixel camera and the other one is a two megapixel camera but they have the same size housing that's like the size of a nickel i think that actually um, really bothered me when i it looks great if you were to, to look at the phone from about a couple of feet away even mm -hmm. it just to me as someone who cares about industrial design i mean i'm a graphic designer i'm not an industrial right. designer but then you like right. see the sensors in it and it's just like it looks like a an ant looking out of a porthole on a ship. As far as the smaller <laughs> sensors are concerned, it looks ridiculous. But it is a good-looking device. I'll, I'll agree. It's very like, um, oh, he's getting it out. Yeah, I'm looking for it. It's uh, in this basket somewhere. But, but yeah, it, it kind of, the, the, the hardware design outside of the the... The, the squircle on the back for the cameras kind of because it has the flat the, the slab sides and and the chamfers kind of reminds me of like an iPhone 5 and okay uh, it, it it's it, and I like I like slab sided phones like that I like what Sony does with their phones and so I, I like what and it's it's very different uh that the phone that you reviewed from and he's holding it up Yep. But it's very different from some of the design language of their other devices. It's in fact it feels to me more attractive in some ways than like the OnePlus yeah. 10 Pro. Or at least Agreed. more or at least more distinctive. 
Yeah. And, you know, what's really cool, what's fun is, you know, it's got the, you know, the side rails like you were talking about. And then right. the glass kind of sits up on top. So, you, you know, there's like a distinctive layer between right, the two. Right, right. Um, oh yeah, but, that little that little like space between uh, the side rails and then the the is it plastic on the back or is it glass? It's plastic, yeah. Okay, definitely. Um, but but and, I mean, they really it looks it feels like they made an effort. I haven't had, held it in a hand, but I've I've seen it in pictures and and I've heard you talk right. about it and I've heard Miriam talk about it and, and yeah, along with others. So. I mean, overall, it's for was it two hundred eighty-two dollars? I think it is. It's yes. a very decent option, um, but it's also T-Mobile exclusive. And mm, I think, now. what was it? Was it last week or the week before? I was looking on OnePlus.com, and you still can't buy this on OnePlus.com because it's still a T-Mobile exclusive, which I find absolutely hilarious. Although, actually, OnePlus Nord N twenty-five G. Sign up for our newsletter. Okay, and if you hit if you hit the button, it takes you to tmobile.com to buy it. So you still can't buy it from T-Mobile or from OnePlus Direct. I mean, I'd be surprised so. if, if – because, I mean, I don't know how long exclusives last with T-Mobile, but I'd be surprised right. if you can buy it before, like, the end of July. Yeah, from I would, From OnePlus's too. website, yeah. I would, too. But I still think that's kind of hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's, it's a neat phone. If you happen to be in the market and you happen to be on T-Mobile, which is a lot of caveats, then this is a decent one to take uh, to take a look at. But don't expect a lot from the camera, just to be to be honest. The camera is not wonderful. It ha just has the one main sensor, and it has a 2-megapixel monochrome and a 2-megapixel depth camera i think i mean for, so for two sticker less cameras. than 300 dollars, i can't think of any cameras right. that i would think oh, would get no. you any any images that are great outside of good light so right right and from exactly. what you said i mean you were getting pretty good pictures out of it in good light so in good light yes and that's the that's always the caveat <laughs> but but uh, and, and, asterisk, and again if you will well, and again, the, you know, at full res, the photos weren't all that great, so they mm. were very much social media. Good. Instagram ready. Instagram ready. There you go. Um, and speaking of Instagram, this has nothing to do with Instagram, but we talked about Google I/O with mm. Daniel Bader, which was an experience for sure. Um, Google I/O is, you know, Google's annual developers conference, and it was my last event that I ran with Digital Trends, and it was. Fairly, uh, fairly stressful because they, you know, Google didn't send us a whole lot ahead of time, but um, there was a lot going on there. So I just wanted to start off with your thoughts on Google I/O and what you what you took away from it. Let me think about this for a second. I'm I just now I have to rewind my brain back to two weeks ago. I, mean, I know, right? Android thirteen doesn't seem like it's going to cosmetically um, add a lot to uh, what we already have based on the betas that we've seen. And that's not even my experience from Google right. I.O. I, I thought it was, from like a consumer hardware standpoint, kind of interesting, although not that unexpected that they went ahead and previewed the, uh, the 7 and the uh, 7 Pro as far as yeah. the – I mean, with actual like product images um, – not that, and I'm actually happy about this. I I, I, I am glad to see um, with the Pixel line some, like, design consistency because they haven't really, or if they've had any kind of design consistency, it's been more with their A line. And then their, their, their like, more premium line has kind of been all over the place because they, they've done that proverbial, like, throw stuff up against the wall and, and see what sticks with things like the... Right. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it was, but the uh, the competitor to Apple's uh, face unlock with the security and all of that, all, oh, all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff that that's that's affected the hardware design. And you know, last mm -hmm. year with the six and the six Pro, they came out with something with the uh, camera bar across the back, and and then the general hardware design that was you know uh, I would call it restrained, but also different and distinctive. And it looks like you know this is a a variant of that, and then. You know, they did confirm the, the Pixel 6a, which uh, also shares that design. From July 6. 21st, yep. Yeah, so excited about that. And then they, they also previewed um, 
the Pixel, the next generation of Pixel Buds, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, Pixel Buds Pro. Yeah, the Pixel Buds Pro, which I'm kind of excited about. I, I, I they, they have a, uh, a like yeah. Google specific co-processor, which is, I mean, it's done wonders for the Pixel Six, and so I'll be interesting to see what that actually brings. Because otherwise, with that kind of stuff, you're kind of just relying on like what a Qualcomm chipset, and and mm-hmm. it's it's more hard to distinguish or uh, yourself from your competitors, except for fit and finish, and I guess just like the external hardware design, unless you do something crazy different like um what logitech did with the uh their oh gosh what's their high-end uh buds that will shape themselves to your ear um i can't remember that the the name of the brand right now but anyway um those are very comfortable by the way i uh we'll talk i actually actually do even though it's been a while i don't think i talked about those on a on on this program probably not no but they're interesting anyway uh yeah. and then uh, they also get a, a very very limited preview of uh, a, a pixel tablet that's coming that that has yeah. been rumored to be coming um and and won't launch 2023 yep and in the 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 rumor and based on the fact that that the rumors are true that they're coming out with a tablet this is i think and i know you don't do rumors but i'll just talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's me um it's supposed to be really something to tie into your smart home so in a way sort of the next step uh with their uh google home right uh, yeah it's basically yeah some so there were some rumors suggesting that it could come out this at this google io it would basically be a google nest hub nest home whatever it's called Um, but with a detachable screen. So it would be like, you know, and again, that kind of, you know, that's one of the, 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 the common refrains on this podcast is I love it when tablets find something to do when you're not using them. Yes, absolutely. So it makes um, total sense to me from like, uh, the way I use a tablet, which is Mm -hmm. mostly around the house. I'm, I'm actually using a tablet at work a little bit now, but it's the first time that I've done that now that I have an iPad. And yeah, um, I almost kind of consider an app, uh, uh, um, an Apple tablet its own thing, or an iPad its own thing in terms of, mm-hmm. for me, usefulness. Um, anything that's Android based is very useful around the house, even at like yeah. a premium level. But I generally don't take it outside of the house, and so you know, content consumption and then controlling my smart home makes a ton of sense, especially if yeah. you combine it with, um, you know. It, I'll be curious to see if it's running Android. I mean, we honestly don't know at this point, but I'll be curious to see how they sort of integrate the stuff that the Nest Hubs have um, in combination with maybe if this is actually. I would I would assume it's a, uh, it's either going to be running Android or it's going to be running Fuchsia with some kind of evolved version of what the the hubs are running. So I, I would know. have to think it would be running Android. If I would think so too. Tablet, yeah. mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, maybe Especially it'll have I'm some. I'm sure it won't be cheap. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we also got some. So, what did you think about releasing, uh, announcing the Pixel 6a release date, and then immediately showing what the Pixel 7 is going to be? Because um, Andy Boxall at Digital Trends wrote that Google doesn't want you to buy any of its smartphones <laughs> because. The the timing of that is just so deeply weird that the Pixel 6a is going to come out in um, in July of 2022, and then the Pixel 7 will come this coming fall, and it's only going to be $150 more. And what exactly was his headline? I don't remember. Was it Google doesn't? It's like Google doesn't want you to buy. I don't remember if it was. He doesn't. No, want it you wasn't to buy the six A. It was Google doesn't want you to buy the Pixel Six. Uh, no, I, I. That's not what it was. Oh, okay. Hang on. Now I got to look this up now. Um, but but basically, um, Google. Because I specifically marketing. remember that. I specifically rem- remember reading that headline. Google doesn't want you to buy the Pixel Six, and it, that could have been somebody else's writing, but I. Oh, maybe yeah. Okay, it was. It was okay. But that was that was be so, so yeah. Two things, right? So yeah, what I thought about the the Pixel Six A, uh, based on what's supposed to be in like hardware wise, it's supposed to be the same Tensor 
uh, chipset as the the Pixel Six and the Pixel Six Pro. It'll mm-hmm. just have less RAM, and then it'll it really is a hybrid of like the the Pixel Five A. It's going to have the, the older the camera 6. sensors, right? Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, in some ways, I don't think that's a bad thing because it's the same. Miriam Dwar thinks quite thinks quite very deeply that it's going to be in a, a great thing because I think it's going to be an awesome it's going to be an awesome phone. Yeah, because I, she well she she uh, loves the the processing that and the pipeline well, that is behind these these sensors that Google has been using since because the they've Pixel been using 2. them since the Pixel Three, right? Right, um, right. That that same Sony, I think it's the six eight six sensor. That they've had, yeah, for for like four generations, yeah, something like that. And and I could be wrong, but I, I believe it's it's like X six eight. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> when it comes to the actual nomenclature, I, I, I'm I'm like fifty percent there. But you know, it, so I'm excited about the fact that this is the same camera set that they've had since the the Pixel three, uh, I believe in 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 a phone that's going to cost what four forty nine. Four fifty, yeah, I believe okay. was the okay. was the yeah. price, or four ninety nine on Verizon because of the, the, Veri- the uh, millimeter wave Verizon. Seems ridiculous, test. I know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be an excellent phone, and honestly, the, the Pixel Five A was an excellent phone, and and so this will just be one step up from that. And it, I believe, it's supposed to have an in display fingerprint sensor, just like the Pixel Six. But you and, know what? Just side note about that Verizon stupid tax. My last piece that I wrote for Digital Trends, I was testing 5G around Chicago. Yeah, and on, I saw a, that. on a Verizon phone, I got four gigs down. Yeah, because you were facing the right way. Well, no. Uh, so, uh, kind of yes. So, uh, uh, Jules and I actually went back to that corner mm. this week when oh, was that he his was picture? in town. Oh, maybe. Maybe. No, he, um, he posted on Instagram a. It looked like he had a. Uh, a Samsung uh, foldable, and he was testing. I, I could be wrong. It was just it was kind of hard to tell because it was kind of blurry. But uh, it looked like he had a Samsung device, and he was in Chicago on a corner, and he was using speedtest.net or the speed. Yeah, test. yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that was the, the one that we did, and we got 3.9 down right. instead of in, instead of four down. So it wasn't as dependent as it normally is but it was it was yeah anyway so i'm sorry go back to what you're saying well, they've only had lighting. you know two years to build out their infrastructure and i mean right that's I true I, I think i mean in the, in the right scenarios and especially for uh something that like like home-based um once if they really do build it out the way they you know they talk about building it out i mean it is the most promising tech uh, uh 5g technology in, in mm-hmm. terms of speed and and right. robustness it's just that it's very. I think it's very expensive to roll out, and 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 because it requires right now so many different, um, you know, antennas or nodes or whatever you want to call it, in order to make it um, the experience that uh, that someone that's looking for that kind of speed needs, uh, right. especially if it's like home based um, internet. So um, yeah, no, I just so so, so going back to the. The Pixel 6a. It looks like it's going to be an awesome phone, um, and I actually agree with that headline. It's, if that headline was indeed, Google doesn't want you to buy a Pixel 6 because there's $150 in difference. And honestly, in some situations, the Pixel 6a camera, because it is a camera set that Google has a lot of experience with, in some situations, even though the Pixel 6 is almost a year old now, the Pixel 6a might still get you possibly better results or as almost, good depending on the situation so almost certainly will give you better results mm. so uh Although yeah, i have to so, say I, I i've been using a pixel 6 since november and i i am very very happy with it yeah so yeah i, I mean would, it's all relative i used the pixel 6 until the s22 ultra came out then i've mm. been on that so and actually now i'm on an iphone mini go figure i got bored i you know i, I decided i wanted to well, no, and um, actually, Ooh, coming soon, coming soon to a tech yeah near you, Zag is going to be sending a couple of uh, watch bands for the Apple Watch. So nice. that's Back my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute! No, I but thought you, I thought you were gonna. Don't you have like your the six, six months, months, six on, months, yeah, six months off? So, thing? Well, so I'm still, I'm still carrying the S22 Ultra as like a second phone. 
Um, so that's how I'm justifying it. And pretty much anything I'm doing that isn't like, you know, primary phone stuff like calls and texts, I'm doing on the uh, S22 Ultra. So it's I want to I, it, I want to bring allowed. up something real quick. And, and, okay. And yes, this is a rumor, but since we're talking real quick about, you know, the fact that you're using the Apple Watch, which I don't blame you, especially if you have an iPhone. Mm. Um, well, obviously, if you have an iPhone. Uh, right. And that's that I just saw a rumor. I think it was two days ago that the the new oh this is actually tying back into Google so hey hey or or I O they they announced the Pixel Watch yeah or, yeah right and so the rumor that I saw was that it's only going to get a day of battery to which I say yes. uh, duh <laughs> right I mean honestly yeah. what like and 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 because I, I and this always I don't know why and yes I am a, a Google Pixel fan but it always feels like after Google I.O. and like the announced stuff. It, and, it, and I'm sure it's the same thing with iPhones to some extent, but it almost feels like people are just start people. Media just starts posting like subtle bashing of stuff based on rumors. And it's like, yeah, to, to, I, like, what are you doing? Like, of well, course, I, I mean, you know, what I mean, I mean, it, it's it's clicks and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, and, it, and it creates the controversy that that generates those clicks. But it's just like, what are you expecting? It's it's based on. From what we understand, um, you know, an older chipset with a coprocessor, and you can only fit so much of a, a battery with the same tech that we've been using in Wear OS for the last seven years. Well, like, and unless I, you're using like a, a glorified fitness tracker, you're going to get about a day of battery life. I think the criticism is more towards the operating system rather than like the hardware. Because, you know, again, um, I posted, I, I tweeted earlier today that, you know, I, I, I'm, I was using the Apple Watch because I lost the proprietary charger for the Garmin um, mm. when I moved my desk around, which was earlier, which was earlier last week. And you know what? The Garmin's not dead yet. <laughs> so, like, you know, I get, but, I but get. How, but how good is Garmin at controlling things like your smart home? It's not. Exactly. It's but a fitness how, tracker. But how good is the android wear at controlling your smart home not very i mean like no. it's okay it's okay don't get me wrong like i know you can do nest on it and stuff like that but it doesn't hold the candle to the apple watch in no, my point is that home. i i would consider the 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 apple watch the pinnacle of what i would call like your full-fledged right smartwatch, right which which while support for wear os is um from different parties much less and the capabilities because of that to some extent are limited um and maybe the maybe the os itself is 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 limited it's still when it when it comes to like responding to notifications and, and emails and things like that is still more powerful than any, something like an amazfit watch or something yeah. from uh like you know like a fitbit band or something uh from you but know another competitor so that's that's my yeah. point to me, like even like a Huawei GT whatever watch is basically a fitness. It has the look of a, a, of you know a, a more of your traditional smartwatch, but it's basically a, it's a real time OS that isn't as powerful, and because of that, is is just doesn't consume power like Wear OS or an Apple Watch does. And so that's that's all I'm saying is just like. Until battery tech the, gets better, unless you want to watch that's like an inch tall, you're you're right. going to be dealing with a day a, a day of battery life, and I'm okay with that because you know what you're getting into. But I think the criticism there is how much better is Wear OS than a fitness tracker, and mm, a strong argument that. can be made not very. No, so I then, agree. why do you make that? Why do you make that trade off to have a real smartwatch operating system if all you're getting is a fitness tracker that you can adjust your nest on but it lasts one seventh the amount of time or one fourteenth the amount of time on a battery charge wow. see that i think is the main criticism yeah, here I would if agree. if the pixel watch had everything that the apple watch did fine I totally get it. Yes, you're you're allowed to have one day of battery life, and you you you're totally allowed. To, you're allowed, you know, big big um, permissions from you know the gallery. Fine, but if all you are is a glorified fitness tracker that happens to have a Google sticker on it, 
that trade-off is not acceptable. Well, I, I, I'm in complete agreement. I think the argument could be made that for most people, 90% plus of people, um, and especially people that are, are, I mean, first of all, I, I think for most people, you don't even really need a smartwatch. Fair. In general, if you have, if you have a smartphone, I mean, I think your smartphone does everything you need it to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you are into fitness, you should, or, uh, and into calorie counting and, and step counting and you just want to get notifications, then I, I think for most people, uh, you know, you don't need a, especially don't need a, a, a Wear OS based device. I think right. unless, unless you are going to buy an Apple watch, I think most people are better off buying a fitness band or mm-hmm. something of the like. Yeah. I think that's absolutely yeah. true. I just, because I use Android phones most of the time and I, just like to spend money. Apparently, we'll uh, every once in a while buy a new smartphone or smartwatch. Apparently, you're just now realizing. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> anyway, horse. So. The horse is dead, my friend. Yeah. So sorry about that. Anyway, uh, it's, it's literally just bloody pulp on the ground now. So, so speaking of spending money, uh, why don't we go ahead and take a moment to uh, do our patron shoutouts, which yes. I don't know, it feels like feels like it's been a long time since we did it. And I'm not going to I'm just going to leave out the fact that I don't think we did it last month. But anyway, um, so our patron shoutouts for the five dollar level or more. We've got Mike Hahn. We have Haim T. We have Scott Brady. Thank you very much to all of you. We have Neil Wilson and Josh Stone. Thank you very much to both of you. We have Zachary Palmer. And last but certainly not least, we have Clifton Thomas. Thank you very much, Cliff. And thank you to all of the patrons that are contributing at the $5 level or more. You love the show, and the show loves you. We love you. Um, so Especially let's. You, Cliff. And I mean, you know, Dr. there's Bluetooth. a lot. That's true. That's true. Very true. I should have. I should have actually given you your patron shout out as Doctor Bluetooth. <laughs> um, but let's. Um, and there's a ton more that we could talk about with Google I/O. I mean, it was just a ton more. But let's go ahead and transition on over into the Steam Deck. And one thing I wanted to point out about this is um, at the last. Um, I loved that conversation. Doubting- by the way, so good. It was. It was a really good conversation. Really good. But uh, at the last Doubting Thomas, you you might remember that Cliff, I don't know if he issued a challenge, or I don't remember exactly how it came about, but basically it was kind of like, um, it basically it, it, I decided that I was just going to grab the audio, dump it into the thing, oh. upload it, and call it a day. And you know what? Turned out great. It was it perfectly fine. Turned out so well that when we had Andy Boxall on, I did the same thing. I just dumped the audio, hit play, and you know, and added the music at the front and back, and then, and also a great conversation. Actually, that that one took some turns I was not expecting, <laughs> but um, but no, like really good turns. We got to talk about Lego and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But anyway, by the way, um, I really want the new Optimus Prime Lego. Oh my god! Oh my god! And I oh that came out today. Expensive Lego kits. I know. That came out I today. told my wife I want it for Christmas, but it may not actually last that long. I, I told my wife very, I want it for Father's rough. Day. <laughs> I told my wife I want it for Father's Day. And you know what the crappy part is? I'm going to be in Hawaii for Father's Day, so I'm going to have to wait until That's I get back. That's not crap. What? What about oh, okay. that is crappy? <laughs> you're right. You're, you're right. like, that, I'm going to be in Hawaii. <laughs> that is the first worldiest of first world problems. Absolutely. I'm going to be in Hawaii for Father's oh. Day, so I'm going to have to wait a whole other week before I get my Transforming Optimus Prime for Father's Day. Oh, my God. This is the smallest violin in the world, yes. and I have just crushed it with a hammer, and now I am playing I'm gonna it. I'm going to be sipping from a pineapple cup. My I'm God. So that was sad. the stupid. Literally, I mean, and this 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 podcast does a lot of complaining, and that was literally the stupidest thing to ever complain about on this podcast. Thank you for pointing that out, Cliff, because that no, was I, just, I understand what you're saying, I do, because you like you're waiting for it to show up at your doorstep, and meanwhile you're gonna be something yeah. like you're gonna be watching hula dancers and I'm like going on crazy to, things i'm yeah. trying to process just how stupid that was <laughs> <laughs> wow anyway um i think i think i think i might that might be the title of this podcast is i'm trying to process how stupid this was <laughs> anyway 
So, yes, I want Optimus Prime, and yes, I hope to get Optimus Prime, and yes, I probably will just go ahead and get Optimus Prime, yes. um, even if I have buy to buy it, it Hawaii. myself. But not, uh, oh, I should buy it from a Lego store in Hawaii. Yes. That would be fun. Build it on give, the beach give him a little and tiny like Lego hula, just take some Legos with you. Hula skirt. No, I'm kidding. But the fact that it anyway. transforms, how cool. I know. So, Steam And Deck. it's like, it, sorry, I'm like a, that was like my favorite cartoon, and I by far. Oh, yeah. Except oh, for yeah. Legos, had more Transformers than anything else when I was about oh, yeah, totally. seven or eight. And the fact that they went to, I'm just doing my little fanboy spiel here, but yeah, the fanboy fact that way. they based it off of the original, like OG, like the actual toy from the um, the show, but then they actually like fixed the proportions to better match the the actual like character. Like they they based yeah. it off of the original toy, but then made it better. And then what I'm still oh it's just oh. what I'm sad about is that I don't think it'll fit in any of these slots. Yeah, I think well, it's you'll have to train, it'll have to be in 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 truck mode. I even if it's in truck mode, I don't think it'll fit. But anyway, uh, these are actually praying. very small. I need to get a bigger one. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh yeah, so you would think, getting back to the Steam Deck podcast, <laughs> you would think having you know Giovanni Colantonio and Matt Silverman both podcasters themselves i would have been able to just do the same thing just pull the audio dump it in call it it was it was messed up like i just my audio was all over the place like the volume was all the all over so you're having the same problem that we were having having the same problem and giovanni's audio was a little was a little wonky not too bad but um and then and then matt's for some reason like Every once in a while, and and you heard it in the final edit a couple of times. It was very minor, but he, he would just like drop a second mm. of audio for no reason at all. Like he would be mid sentence and he'd be finishing something else. Well, and it was just so weird that it just did that. And I'm like, what the hell? Is-? You would think like this would be the most bulletproof podcast ever. <laughs> but it you was, think about that though. It was at least absolutely one of those guys has a podcast producer, right? It, well, Matt is a podcast producer. Oh, <laughs> never mind. And 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 I think Giovanni. I don't know who pro, who produces his podcast. He might do it. But, yeah, he might do it himself. But um, yeah, you would yeah. think that. But I mean, you also can't. I mean, I, I've had many an audio issue, especially because I like phones. Also, now switch microphones. Yeah. But and computers, and it's just there's just all those things that you can't foresee. Like you know you plugging a USB-C cable into a dock that wouldn't support it that when yeah. we were doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's just things that you don't even consider until it actually happens. So, yeah, it's sometimes and, it's problematic. And shout out to Left Trigger, Right Trigger podcast, and uh, Colette, Matt and Colette have entered the chat. Colette and Matt have entered the chat. I forget, I forget which order their names in, but I remember Matt chat. So Colette and Matt have entered the chat. Both um, very fun podcasts. I've listened mm. to a nope. few episodes of theirs. I'm a ga- I'm not a gamer, so I don't really get a whole lot out of it. But I've listened to a few of their episodes just to check in with my friends. You know, they're really just in general. Like before we jump in, uh, it jump into uh, that particular subject was that I th- I feel like the last month in general was very juicy. Uh, for, um, uh, for our particular like channel in terms of like just great interviews and mm-hmm. you know I was mm-hmm. awesome and so there's I'm just kidding but, yeah but no I mean, but we, yeah, when you talk- start off the month with Cliff you know things are going well you know things can only go uphill from there that's not what I was going to say <laughs> but let's talk about the Steam Deck. Yeah, so the Steam Deck is, for those of you who are not aware, think of like a, a, a Nintendo Switch on steroids in, sure. about every, in about every possible way, actually. It's huge, like it's... Like, I want to say outside about, of the form factor, there's not that much similar with them. Well, no, I mean, it has the joysticks on either side. Right. It's got the screen in the middle right. that you can play your mobile games. You know, it's completely portable. It does set into a dock so that you can transfer it up into, a, you know, a larger screen if you want to. So there's there's some similarities. I, but... I guess I should talk about intention. Right, right. Um, but yeah, in terms of intention, you're right. It couldn't be it couldn't yeah. be any more different. And the thing that like the thing that I take away from it uh, from the whole podcast is that Steam is really doing some very interesting work about making PC games as portable as possible. Right now, 
that requires a Steam Deck. But the implications for the future could be right. very, very interesting. The fact that they've open sourced uh, the, the OS mm-hmm. specific to, I mean, they've mm-hmm. already had, I mean, Steam OS is something you could already install on like a Linux PC if you wanted to. Or just right, and, right. But, or, or I should say onto a PC, regardless of what was already on there before, it just was, it was mm-hmm. it's a Linux based, like basically gaming OS. But the fact that yeah. like that specific thing for Steam, uh, the Steam Deck, like, like they've given it to other manufacturers, which I mean, makes sense. It's kind of like Microsoft yeah. giving out Windows in a lot of ways, just specific to like a console. A PC or, or on a every computer, on, on every desk running Windows software. That's that was Microsoft's right. long-stated goal, and, and it and could be the same thing. You know, you're Steam still wants buying to be... stuff from the, the the Steam store. If you're yep. actually like, yeah, so Steam wants to be the you know the progenitor progenitor. I don't know. Basically, wants to be the default operating system when mm-hmm. you're ma- building a gaming platform, which is a very ambitious and very smart way to go about things. Mm-hmm. And then if you look, there are competitors out there that are you know they're they're smaller um i believe either taiwanese or or, or chinese companies that are making mm-hmm. form factor wise but but like pc system on a chip based for the most part um mm-hmm. uh, uh, competitors to it although i don't think there is as, as high powered i don't think they're like a uh, um a, a, a ryzen based you know amd amd based right, right. um portable console but you know there and there are some that are a, a similar form factor that are running like android and are more similar to in, in intention to like uh nintendo's switch but without i guess they're more probably better for running like like emulating for like emulating games but, yeah yeah so there, i mean there's a whole bunch of different form factor wise competitors but really the steam deck is its own thing there's really nothing else out there like it right now in terms mm-hmm. of its capabilities and what I loved about the interview that, that you did was just hearing them. I mean, and this is very like nerdy stuff, and this is actually what makes for your average gamer. It's that makes the Steam Deck probably something that you don't want to have to deal with. You'd rather just use a, a small laptop that's got a decent, you know, gaming um, discrete chipset in it. Mm. But but um, the fact that you can actually like detune the the game, like the hardware, to match the game, basically, so that you yeah. know you can bump yeah. down the resolutions and stuff, and deal with the battery life and the hardware. I mean, it's just it's the cut. I guess what I'm saying is the customizability uh, of it on like the software and to sort of tweak it to match what game you're trying to play. All that kind of stuff, right. so cool. And you can do it on the fly, on the fly with. Yeah. With like just a couple of buttons, as opposed to like digging into settings or for Nvidia right. or something like that. Like this is just like you push a button and you go doot, 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 and you're done, and right. you go right and back into the game, and you can say, okay, yep, that worked. Okay, so it's working great. And you know some of the things that you could do is you know you can uh, downsample the frame rate. Right. You can down. You could. You can turn down the resolution but then upsample it again so that it like still looks 1080p even yeah, though it's it ups- actually it upscales like 480p. the it, doesn't it do like like hardware like gpu upscaling of the resolution yeah 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 and so like what's really compelling about this is you know if you could imagine you know, this would never happen obviously but if you could imagine taking a steam deck but putting like an m2 processor in it Oh. Like with as powerful as that is with that software, could you just? I mean, just imagine like how small you could make that form factor totally. and how well that would run. Oh. And and again, like I know there's there's probably like engineers that are like screaming at their phones right now saying you can't do that, you moron. But like just I'm just when you think about like what the possibilities well, not necessarily would be. an M two, but I think that the the idea of like two or three years from now, like. If and when, like, you know, um, x86 instructions get really, like, everything gets, like, really ported over well for both Windows and Linux to, especially, like, GPU drivers and stuff for, Mm -hmm. you know, um, for ARM-based computing, that's not Mm -hmm. Apple. That's really what you're trying to say when you're saying, like, the M2. Like, it's really just, yeah, but, you know, something that's more powerful than, like, um, a smartphone processor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like... like that, or that's from that's even, based. 
even a, a smartphone process. You know, there well, yeah, could be, that could actually catch up to it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and and that's what you know. That's one one of the things that you know Matt was saying was you know ultimately what he wants to see is not a Steam Deck, but Steam software running on your phone. I yeah. mean, that's really what the what the ultimate goal here. And, and this and the Steam Deck is basically like a step towards that. But it's a you know it's kind of like it's kind of like the notch in phones like it's mm. it's we're not quite there for underscreen sensors just yet but you know this this will get us a little bit closer to that and so um what the what the ultimate what the ultimate you know conclusion was is that you know the steam deck is an iteration of a process that will ultimately see much more much wider adoption of portable gaming and that is huge it is. that is so huge because right now if you're gaming you're on a switch or you're you're on your couch there's really no and and you're siloed by the fact that and by the fact that all the consoles have exclusive games and you can't get around that by using the steam deck but at least steam is much more open and it's much better for like indie games and stuff like mm -hmm. that you i mean it is an open store for better and for yeah. worse and so then you yeah. have you know that the reliability issues and stuff with that but they i understand that i believe that steam with the steam deck is actually curating like what's actually available on it so that making sure that it runs i think that was what i got from what they were saying but but still yeah. like it's it, it does feel like the most like open solution um to be able to run most things and have like more games available mm -hmm. that, that i mean that really is it, it, i feel i feel like like exclusive games and different platforms are as much a roadblock to like that like dream um platform you know outside of outside of like a specific console than anything else right because you I mean, you're. I'm fine with exclusive games, but it's just it feels like like with everything else, it feels like all these gaming, um, the the companies that producing that produce games are getting bought up and consolidated into like these giant houses of, yeah, uh, and and it's just it's it's Microsoft, not, it's, excuse me, right? Well, not just Microsoft, <laughs> but I mean Activision and and just it. Well, Microsoft downloads Activision. It just goes back to that old that old saying that less choice is better. I mean, or is, is worse. Less choice is yeah. worse. Is is yeah. bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's, it, and that, that like that to me is 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 like, I'm what I hope that the even if it's just limited success because I I know that Steam can't produce like a or, or was it was it Valve that produces no, what's the company Valve. behind Steam? Is it Valve? Valve. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure I Valve can't. We're not gamers. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but you know, just if they have some success with the Steam Deck, which I think honestly they could, they probably are selling as many as they can make. I mean, mm -hmm. the fact that they're, I think right now, if you order one, you can't get it until like November. I want to um, say it's 2023, but is I it? could be okay. wrong. Uh, yeah, that that very well could be possible. It almost it, it, they almost feel like um, electric car manufacturers or electric truck manufacturers that aren't that aren't tesla that you know you just you order one now it's like oh sometime right. next year <laughs> right you know it's scarcity and and um i mean I, we have all the pandemic stuff and i'm i'm just kind of just going off the rails here but yeah That's it's okay. just but I, but what i'm hoping though is is that that even in that like limited popularity that's that it's only limited basically by the fact that it does really kind of appeal to nerds but i mean how many I gotta think, like, I mean, gaming gaming PCs are one of the highest like growth areas of PC sales yeah. right now. Yeah, um, that are only again limited by the scarcity of uh, of the parts to build them. Um, but I I would hope that like that their success will will lead to maybe some opening and 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 like game studios and saying, well, while it's nice to get some you know. Um, money from a specific console manufacturer like wouldn't it be nice if it was on everything so we can make more money i don't know i am not i am not a gamer and i'm speaking outside of my well, area of expertise but I, to me that's like the limiting thing so but even so like end of april early may i don't remember what exactly what the timeline was but between the steam deck and the play date it was a really great month yeah. for gamers and like the i'm really so cool. I'm, I'm a little sad when i tell you that i was actually going to borrow giovanni's play date 
when I went to Hawaii just to have something to like play on the plane and stuff like that. But, um, you know, obviously I, I left digital trends, so I can't borrow it anymore. <laughs> so I'm a little sad about that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I just don't, I just yeah. won't get a play date. Cause I thought about like, Hey, you know, maybe this would be a great father's day present. You know, I could take it to Hawaii and it'd be fun. And then I found out that if you, if you order one now, you don't get it until 2023. Right. So I've whoopsie. Really, I, I've really, you know, what would be really cool is like, a a, an Oculus sort of uh, what's the name of their 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 mobile? I mean, you own Quest? one. The play that you played, yeah, the, like the a Quest. Quest, but that just plugs into like just like the the visual part of it that just plugs into the Steam Deck. Mm. Oh yeah, okay, I see where you're going with that. That could yeah. be fun. Um, and you know what? I wouldn't surprise me if someone is hacking on that as we speak. Right. But. That is going to have to wait for another podcast because that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you would like to read a review for the show. And if you want some early access, jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. Although you missed the month that I wasn't going to bill because of the hiatus. So maybe wait until July. You can write to the show by visiting benefitofadoubt.com slash contact. I'd like to thank co-producer Cliff for coming onto the show and talking about the month of May and for all of us hard work behind the scenes but most of all and as always i'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit giving us the benefit of the doubt <laughs> <laughs>